Have you ever had someone in your life that was an older person that either could have been your grandparent or maybe somebody who um, acted like a grandparent towards you and they just seem to have those little nuggets of wisdom for you? Um, you look back and you realize that they had such a powerful and magical influence on your life that uh, you didn't realize until uh, maybe it was gone. Um, for me, one of those people was my grandmother. Um, she was amazing. Um, she taught me so much about just life and um, ministry and the way things should be. And the funny thing is, is that a lot of times I think that we're so worried about um, saying or doing the right thing. And we a lot of times forget that it's not necessarily about doing that and, and, oh, I said the right thing, so they'll have to realize this. It's more so the way that you live your life day in and day out when people aren't looking, when people um, don't notice, um, or at least that you think they're, you, they're not noticing any you doing anything. Um, and I've heard that defined as character uh, and other different things. But my grandmother definitely had that. Um, in fact, a lot of what I've learned, um, from her was after she even passed away. Um, she was in a nursing home for a really long time and it was really, it was interesting to me to go and see her. Uh, my mom and I would go almost every day and when we would go and see her, uh, especially at first, she was so frustrated being in there because she felt like she couldn't still be used that she was just frustrated because um, she felt like well I'm in here there's no more ministry that I can do um, it's I'm just kind of put out the pasture I have no purpose um, I've done all that I can do God has no more plans for me uh, and when in all actuality that wasn't true at all uh, in fact all of the girls that were out there um, they called her grandma and she was really stinking funny because she would call them in to her room um, and her name was Martha and she'd be like, honey, come in here, come in here and sit down. And the girls would go in there and be like, yeah, Martha, how, what can I do for you? She'd be like, sit down here. And so they'd sit on her bed. She goes, I'm going to, I'm going to read you some scripture. Well, they're not going to say no. It's grandma. Of course they're going to sit there. They're going to listen to the scripture and that was one of my grandmother's many ways that she could uh, also just continue to minister. And she would pray with those girls. And those girls knew that even though they may not have a grandparent there uh, that was still alive or maybe they never had a great one in their life in the first place, whatever it might have been, that she was always there for them and she would love them. And um, she... <laughs> She would play them like a fiddle, though, I'll tell you, because there would be times, especially when she first went, first went into the, the nursing home, we would go and visit her, and she was totally capable, totally capable of feeding herself, totally capable. Um, there was no problem whatsoever. We go walking in one day, and there she is with just kind of her mouth open, and the nurse or whoever it was, her aide, was there, and they were feeding her. And so we look at her and we go, what are you doing? 
why are they feeding you right now? And so she looks at us and without batting an eye, she just goes, oh, stop it. They like doing it. So she would just play them like they thought that she really genuinely needed help. And in all actuality, she just felt like messing with them. So, <laughs> but those girls truly loved her. And um, as time went on and uh, it got later on uh, when she was at the nursing home, you know, obviously her health went downhill, but she still, even though that she might not even be able to have a good day or might have been having a rough day or whatever it might have been, I'll never forget my grandmother was always able to quote her favorite verse. And it's Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And I always thought that was pretty remarkable. That even though that maybe her mind was going, that, um, you know, she might not remember what day it is. She might not remember what year it is. She might not know who I was. Um, she, but no matter what, her life was so wrapped around Jesus. Her life was so consumed with who he was. And he was just an integral part of her very fabric of, who, of her being that even though she was having a bad day, even though she was having all of that, the scripture truly was written on her heart. And I still look back at that and I find that absolutely remarkable because we can make so many excuses. We can find so many things that we can look at and go, oh, well, I can't do that because of this. Oh, I can't do that because of this. And I feel like a lot of times, I mean, you look at a lot of people, they would definitely, definitely have come up with excuses why they wouldn't be able to minister when in a nursing home. I mean, come on, seriously? But see, my grandma didn't look at it like that. My grandma looked at it like, well, they've got to work here. They've got to be around me. They've got to take care of me. When I call, they have to come. So I'm going to take advantage of this. And when they call, and when I call and when they come, I'm going to love them with the love of Christ. And I just find that just, just awesome, just simply amazing. When you ask people uh, that knew my grandma, and, and our guest today is Pastor Ken Ellis, and uh, he and his wife Jan, they, they knew my grandma and grandpa, so that's the whole reason I'm talking about her, but um, they, uh, they knew her, and, and anybody who knew her at all will always say the same thing. Is that, oh, she was an incredible, godly woman. She was just amazing. Now, she was a wildcat. She was, she was, she was pretty nuts. She would do some stuff that was, was pretty stinking funny. But, man, she loved Jesus. She was deeply and passionately in love with him. Uh, I look at the way that she treated people, too. Um, it didn't matter what race you were. It didn't matter what um, social status, how much money you had. Whatever it was, if you were around here for more than a few minutes, you were probably going to hear about Jesus. And that's just the way she lived her life. Because she had something so good 
had something so amazing that it would be foolish not to share it. And I'll look at some of uh, the excuses that we have nowadays is that, well, I'm shy or, well, it's not my personality or, or, well, that's not my nature to zip it. We have no excuse to not be spreading the news of Jesus. And you know what? If it's not your personality, then get a different personality. <laughs> get Jesus' personality. I don't know what to tell you. But why would you hang on to something that's so great, so magnificent, so uh, empowering, so just transforming and not share it? How selfish is that? I mean, I'm talking to myself here, too. But see, when we look at maybe some of the older generations and I mean, in Titus, it talks about that we should seek out these these older men and women of Jesus and pick their brain, bug them, get some wisdom, get some knowledge, man, find out what worked for them and what didn't work. I think a lot of times we look at them and as though they're not useful anymore, or they're not whatever, they're a wealth of knowledge. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I have to look at them and go, man, why would I not tap into that? They have years of experience. They've messed up. They've gone before already. They've done the hard stuff. Learn from what they have, have uh, messed up with. Learn from what they have succeeded with. And, you know, one of the things I think is really interesting is, is that we look at some of the problems that we might have nowadays and uh, we think, oh, Nobody could really understand this because this is such a modern day problem. And you know what? It may be something that's a little bit more modern, but really in the end, the root problem is the same. And so we begin to look at that and we begin to maybe just talk with them. In fact, the next time you go to church, go find somebody who's, you know, that's a godly older man or a godly older woman and just talk with them. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. They have great stories. Um, they have stuff that you would sit back and go, you got to be kidding me. I never would have thought that. Um, you know, some of them have done stuff that you could only dream of and it's pretty stinking awesome. So I say all that to say this, if you have someone in your life, if you have a grandparent in your life, um, treasure that, treasure that, uh, I don't have any more grandparents anymore. They've all passed away. Um, but in hindsight, man, it's always 2020. Of course, I wish I could go back and pick their brain. My grandma and my grandpa, of course, my grandpa passed away and I was thinking fifth grade or so. So it'd have been a little bit hard. Maybe. I mean, I guess I could have known what I it was called a ministry for that, but but just to pick their brain, just to ask them questions, what works, what didn't work, you know, what, 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 what are some ways that Jesus has moved in your life and just to hear the stories and hear what God's been doing. And I don't know, I have to look at it and know that he's been doing this for quite some time because they have the evidence, they have the proof, they, they are the evidence 
They don't just have the stories, they have their life. And so we look at that and uh, go talk with your grandparents. If you don't have grandparents, go to church and grab the closest old person. Tell them you love them. They'll give you a butterscotch maybe, I don't know. (laughs) I only have butterscotch, I don't know why. Butterscotch is delicious, by the way. But really get to know them. I think if you take some time to really invest in their life, man, they'll definitely invest in yours. And I think the outcome will be absolutely amazing. A lot of times there's too big of a gap and we don't think that they would have anything to relate with us with. And you think we'd be surprised. So knowing that, I think we need to not write them off. They're pretty amazing. They're pretty special. Go find one today. Because <laughs> they're awesome. All right. Let's start the show. Yes. <laughs> you got me straight up tripping, boo. You dipping and dapping and don't know what's happening. They was grabbing hankies, waving blankies. They was running them aisles up in there. I respect your opinion, but you're wrong. I'd like for you to to meet my friend, Nick Jones. Thanks for joining us today. We have Pastor Ken Ellis with us. Um, He's a minister that's at my church, and uh, he is such an awesome guy, and uh, we're excited to talk with him today. Thanks for being with us, Pastor Ken. It's fun just to be with you at any time. (laughs) You're so kind. So... um, I wanted to just kind of ask you, so if you would tell us what are, what like what have been some of the ministry stuff that you've been involved in previously? I have had uh, four pastorates since uh, coming out of seminary. I began as a home mission pastor in Johnstown, Ohio. Then I moved on to Delaware, Ohio, then on to Galleon, and then we... Uh, Finished our uh, ministry before we retired here in Columbus on the south end. Uh, we were there 26 years. Wow. Now, what are you, you're at our church. What do you currently do at, at our church at Obets? When I retired and went to uh, Obets Nazarene, um, Pastor Jay asked me if I would work with the uh, senior adults. And so, uh, we fit uh, right in there, and so uh, we began a, a ministry with the senior adults. Um, the content of that ministry, we, ha- uh, we meet every Tuesday morning. And since, uh, really, on Sunday morning, uh, most of our music is contemporary, we will sing the older hymns uh, that they have enjoyed uh, over the years. Uh, we'll always have a prayer time and share time. And, uh, and then we'll, uh, I'll, I'll give a short devotion, and then we will uh, close uh, 
with uh, one of our seniors. He always en enjoys sharing a little, a few jokes, and we uh, end with a smile and uh, uh, as we leave. That's awesome. So, okay, and I've asked a lot of people this before, um, typically everyone that's been on the podcast. When you were when you were growing up and you were going to church or whatever it might have been, did you ever have sort of an aha moment that you realized at that point on I'm called to ministry or was it more like a progressive thing kind of what what happened for you that stood out and was maybe a defining moment or something like that? As I grew up in the church, I kind of had a feeling that I would be a minister. That's what God wanted me to do. But in my teenage years, uh, I had a lot of fears. I was really a stutterer. I could not speak in front of people, and uh, I really struggled uh, with that. And um, when I graduated from high school, I, I thought I would like to um, work at General Motors. They had a program where they would train you for six months and uh, then you would uh, become uh, a part of the uh, of General Motors uh, work you would work. Well, that door closed pretty quickly. Yeah. And then I went on to, I thought, well, I'll just go to Olivet uh, Nazarene College in Kankakee, Illinois. And it was college back then. It was college back okay. in those days. It, <laughs> it was a small school, yeah. oh, about 900 students. But um, in my freshman year, I realized what God wanted me to do. And um, I'll always remember it on... Um, Sunday afternoon after um, service in the morning and lunch, uh, I went back to my room and uh, I knew that God was dealing with me. And um, I got down, I was in the room all alone and I just had a talk with God and I, I told God, okay God, I'll do what you want me to do, but I don't think anybody's gonna wanna stutter. And I wanna tell you, when I settled the question, God was able to straighten my tongue out. <laughs> and uh, awesome. people people would never would never know today that back then that I had that problem. And I've always had uh, feelings toward those who have, who have had uh, that particular problem in in their life uh, because I know the know the fear and the insecurity which is associated with that. But uh, God has loosened my tongue, and um, it's I think a that's an understatement. Wonderful thing to tell people about Jesus. <laughs> it's probably too loose right yeah. now. <laughs> that's great. So when okay, so when you're hearing about Moses and he has this fear about going and speaking, you totally were able to relate to that. You sir, yeah, you have really, really uh, have hit the nail on the head. When I have preached that, I could identify with Moses and realizing what he was going through. Of course, Moses had his brother to help him, but uh, yeah, um, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I had to rely on God. I really did. Yeah, and uh, it's still that way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that was it. All of that, and then 
after all of that, did you come back to Ohio then, and that's when you started doing ministerial work then? When I graduated at Olivet, I I felt that I needed some some more biblical training. Okay. And so I went on to seminary in Kansas City. Okay. And I was there for three three years and graduated. And um, upon graduation, um, I had a friend by the name of Dale Galloway. His daddy was district superintendent here in uh, Ohio and uh, his dad Dr. Galloway told me if uh, if I'd like to move back to Ohio sometime he would have a church for me so uh, his son Dale was uh, coming back to Columbus to begin to work at Grove City so Dale and I what little furniture we had we moved it back together in the same truck and uh, we put what little furniture we had in uh, his dad's garage. And, and uh, that summer, um, a couple of churches opened, and I had the choice, uh, either one of them, and um, we felt that God wanted us to go to the whole mission church in Johnstown. That's awesome. Um, when, you, when you've been going through ministry and things like that, um, there obviously have been different challenges that have come along and um, situations that have arose that might have um, been tough. And as the years go on and things are different now with the internet and podcasting and things like that, but typically the root issues tend to be the same. What are some of the things that you tend to find that maybe were an issue back then and still is today? just some common things that you've seen that are kind of still here that a lot of times we try to just recategorize like this is something new, but it's, it's really not. Some of those things probably, uh, Nick, um, you're always going to have people conflict. And, uh, um, you know, in, in whatever age you uh, are, are living in and to... Um, you do a lot of praying and waiting on the Lord and just talking with the people and uh, and God will always guide you in, in helping those people to in through their particular conflict that they may be having whoever it is if sure. it's a lot of times it's it, it may be in the church or with a family or something but uh, um, that's probably the foremost that comes to my mind and then uh, maybe secondly is uh, uh, helping the people really come to know the, um, uh, what God has done for us in Christ and, uh, and helping them to get into the Word and to develop their own personal prayer life as, uh, as a priority mm -hmm. in their daily living and in, in their home with husbands and wives and, and their family, just to learn to lean upon God. I think, yeah, I think a lot of times we try to, rely solely on our own abilities and whenever we do that it never fails we always seem to come up short um you know it's it's always a matter of having to go back to him and, and people use that phrase god never gives you more than you can handle yeah he does because if he didn't you wouldn't need god yeah one of the times in my life that is very real to me is when i lost my eyesight 
and I realized that I, my Bible that meant everything to me, I couldn't read anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember distinctly telling my brother, what am I going to do now? Because the only thing I knew how to do was to pastor. And I remember, well, getting on my knees and uh, praying. And God gave me a promise that his grace was sufficient, that his power was made perfect in weakness. I realized that I was weak physically and, and at that time spiritually. But, uh, Nick, I've stood on that verse. Yeah, it's probably been 20 years ago when that accident happened, and uh, it's good today. It's good today that uh, we're weak, we're dependent upon God, and uh, He's never failed, not once. He always is there. He's He'll never never leave us and never forsake us. No, that's that's for sure. A lot of changes happened, and I had to give. Had to turn the car keys over to my wife, and she had to drive. And that was really, when I get on the other side, I still pray. (laughs) (laughs) So how long ago was this that that this happened? This has probably been um, 20 years ago now. Okay. And um, it was just um, an accident that uh, occurred. Mm Mm-hmm. While I was uh, at church, uh, uh, a little child, uh, I love kids. I got down on his level, and he popped me right in the eye. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, he tore, he, he tore uh, the retina pretty good, and, uh, and a lot of things developed. But uh, really, I just want to brag upon the Lord. He's, he's been faithful, and... Uh, uh, he's always met the needs. He he does. He sure does. What have been some things that, I mean, you mentioned driving, but what have been some challenges that you've had to overcome with your eyesight that might have, I mean, the reading the word and, and turning over the car keys or two, but what are some other things that have you've been able to rely upon him for? I had a, a wonderful um, specialist, eye, eye specialist, and he introduced me in, uh, to a um, product that uh, um, you can put a book underneath a, a camera and it would make the words bigger on a screen. Mm, okay. That's how I, I read my Bible or read anything. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to stay uh, in the Word uh, on a daily basis. I begin the day with it and do my studying for uh, the preaching or devotions or what I what I do and uh, and there's a lot of things you had to give up I I've always enjoyed sports I've always enjoyed golfing had to give golf clubs away I could hit the ball but I always would have to have somebody to tell me where it went tell it where it went (laughs) and uh, my wife didn't want to do that so <laughs> and uh, in sports, you know, you uh, you just can't, uh, you know, play catch with somebody or your grandkids or something. So sure. these are things, but uh, we develop, yeah. you know, we could get along without it. Sure. God has helped us. Awesome. 
can you think back of a time um, in ministry that has just kind of been a crazy, wild time that just stands out to you, like it's some some kind of crazy story or anything like that that you step back and just kind of laugh about? Well, without you giving me time to think about this, I, I remember uh, weddings are always fun. Yeah. And uh, I remember our, um, a wedding, uh, one of the groomsmen was so nervous that during, this, during the wedding ceremony, that young man threw up right on the rug and just blacked out and hit his head on the front oh, pew. No. Now, I can smile at that now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but at the then, time. But then it was uh, uh, it was really oh, my word. Uh, a crisis. Yeah, and, I would assume uh, so. so. Anyhow, that kind of sticks out in my mind. Where did, where did you finish the ceremony? And uh, Yeah, <laughs> I finished it. I, I made sure I got the knot tied. Yeah. And then we attended uh, to the young man. <laughs> so uh, he, he was all right. I think what he had done, he had had too many donuts in the morning. And not, and uh, so I don't know if he just got sick, but he was really nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. That's, that's kind of crazy. Oh, man. Well, a lot of times what we do is we have a lot of people on here that are listening that um, – either are in ministry or going to be in ministry um, that, you know, there may be somebody who's young and just first answering a call or someone who may be older and first answering a call, whatever it may be. What are some good advice that has been given to you or that you have just kind of learned along the way, uh, picked up, maybe learned from mistakes or from successes, things like that? What What's some great advice that you would give to a young up-and-coming minister or someone who's answering their call? Well, I think there's three things. In my own life, I've had a wonderful wife who has uh, been right with me, so it's not my ministry. God has worked through both of us, mm-hmm. and she has been a, um, a strong support uh, there, and I'm very thankful for her. Um, Secondly, um, my, and this is not a pat on my back, but um, developing a personal, close, intimate relationship with Christ and a, and a prayer life and make that a priority in your life. And then th- third, and that really goes right along with the second one there, is uh, stay in the word and be true to the word mm-hmm. and uh, be as a good of a student as you possibly can uh, with the word because that's the um, the strength and the foundation for our own personal life Uh, we've got to be strong inwardly ourselves before we can help somebody else sure that makes total sense Um, are there when when you when you're praying and you're studying the word um, do you find that I, and I've heard this before, sometimes praying scripture is a good thing to do. Um, do you, t- do you typically do that when you're praying or what are some different things that you might do that might help out 
someone sometimes people go i don't even know how to pray so what would be some some advice on on that well, even yes incorporating the word uh, is uh, certainly I, I know a part in in my own personal prayer life um but secondly, just just tell the Lord how much you love Him. Just like you, it's it's a relationship, just like a husband and wife relationship. Sure. And uh, and just develop that that love relationship uh, with Him. And uh, and and be honest with Him when we're when we're facing struggles or problems, uh, uh, if it's personally. Uh, or in the family, or if it's someone in the church, um, be honest with him that you're hurting, and uh, he, he'll he'll meet you. He'll he'll be there to help. He's our helper. That's always comforting. I think it's that that we're we don't have to to go into this alone. I think a lot of times, you know, we look at a ministry or a task, and it seems absolutely overwhelming. And um, it's comforting to know that we have the Creator God on our side, right? Um, but uh, what have been some some different projects or things like that that you have looked at like that that have been kind of huge or overwhelming that you thought there's no way that this could ever take place, but God stepped in and and moved and and showed up. Well. What comes to my mind, and it really is dealing with people, but some of the needs in uh, people's life, whether it's uh, uh, a relationship, maybe a husband and wife that has been broken and how God has uh, helped to mend that and bring them back together um, uh, for them to ask each other to uh, forgive them and you just stand back in awe and says, well, God did that. I and it certainly hasn't been uh, of of me or, or or you know any human thing. The, the Lord has has really answered prayer. And there's been so many times, even in the church, where you're really uh, close on dollars and cents. How how the Lord has um, provided, and uh, at at a time of need. Um, those are a couple of things that come to my mind. Yeah, typically, a lot of times on most churches, I find there's there's a shoestring budget. It seems like, well, and uh, you know, you gotta figure out how to make uh, a nickel, a, a dollar, kind of thing, and and make things work. But that's true. Now, when you were when you were pastoring these churches, um, were you you the senior pastor? I guess I was. I was the only pastor. You were the. <laughs> You you were the senior, the associate, the that's the it. pastor in training, and <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I I remember a funny little story. My my uh, son is a funeral director, and uh, I developed a relationship with his boss, and he would uh, every Christmas have a Christmas uh, party, and uh, often he would invite my wife and I because of uh, our you know our son being a part of the home there. Sure. And he would always introduce his guest, and I would, he would always introduce me as the senior pastor of Wilson Avenue Church of the Nazarene. Yeah. And I would say, I'm the only pastor. So, <laughs> uh, but anyhow, uh, that's the way it is. 
Um, when you were uh, when you were the only pastor, did you ever have some associates come up underneath of you and and have helped them out or anything like that? Yes, I did. I did have a um, a young couple who came. Um, Jim was his name, and he happened to be blind. Oh, okay. And, and had a, a very um, well difficult eye eyesight problem, uh, even worse than what mine uh, was. And um, and he he worked with our children, and um, he he had enough eyesight in order to ride a two wheel bike. And um, oh, wow. And we, uh, of course, worked in the inner city, and Jim would um, ride up and down here in the inner city on his bike and, and have contact with the boys and girls. And, uh, and then Jim was able to get his license and uh, was ordained and uh, finally got a little church in southern Ohio um, of his own. And uh, uh, we... They were they were a, a blessing. Jim and and Cheryl Newsom was their name. Nice, that's neat. It's 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 always neat to see people that you um, have have invested in to go and see where they're at now, or see what what they were able to do, and to know that you had some sort of influence on their life. Yeah. Um, I think it's important too that we go back and tell the people that have influenced us that you know we really appreciate all that you've done as well um <laughs> if i were to do that my list would i feel like never be never ending but right right um yeah but that's uh, true that's so true yeah it's very so. important so come to find out in conversation here you knew my grandparents yes as being a um, a part of this um, central ohio district um, i knew the marshes uh, for many years and remember them well i remember your grandma getting up at our camp meeting uh, i think she uh, was involved in uh, the missionary department mm -hmm. and i can still see her standing up in front of the people and uh, doing some of the uh, activities in, in connection with the missionary convention and of course your dad as well because he was he was a, a leader uh on our district he carried some leadership roles yeah my grandpa yes yeah it's and it's so neat to i mean it's a small world <laughs> it really is <laughs> it's a small world especially in, in yep. ministry and stuff but yep. um yeah I, I didn't really realize it until you had mentioned something earlier that you knew them so that was that was really neat too but uh they were they were wild. I'll tell you what. From everything that I remember and everything I've heard, they were wild. So, <laughs> but they loved the Lord. They loved the Lord. Yeah, yeah they, they, they sure they, did. They were they were they were wild in the in, yeah. in the, the good sense. They were just yeah. crazy. But uh, yeah. but yeah, they were. So, well, um, we're to the point then. Um, typically, I ask people if they have anything what I call shameless plugs. Do you have anything that you would like to? Um, talk about any ministries or any websites, anybody you'd like to say hi to, anything like that. Now would be the time to do that. If you have any anything to say there, I have no idea who's out there listening to this. Uh, to this, this is all brand new stuff to me. But uh, whoever you are, hi. 
I love it. That's that's perfect. Um, yeah, we we really appreciate you uh, letting us interview you and um, learning some of the stuff that you have have dealt with and advice and things like that. And really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. It's been fun. <laughs> this is new for me. <laughs> That's all we have for you today. Don't forget to check us out online at LegacyHelms.org and be sure to subscribe on iTunes. If you need t-shirts for your next big event, we've got you covered. Click on the t-shirt quote page under t-shirts on the website. If you would like Nick or Kendra to preach at your next retreat, revival, or camp, fill out the contact us form under preaching. And always remember, don't let your meat loaf or your mop flop.